Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. everyone welcome to another episode of high achievers series and of course i'm your host ellie perlman today i want to talk about the three books that influenced me the most in 2020 and how i implemented their main points in my personal and professional life now i'm a bookworm i love books i know i'm a major major nerd i mean i was reading newspapers when i was six years old. So basically, you know, I love reading books and I feel that it makes me a better person, smarter, more motivated, more efficient, more effective person. And I'm a huge believer in education. That's how I got out of, you know, poverty and education continues even after I graduated from grad school. And so basically books for me is the way to go. And so I wanted today to do something a bit different, not talk directly about real estate, but talk about the three books that influenced me in 2020. The first one is The One Thing by Gary Keller, the guy from Keller Williams. So the problem that the book is talking about is that we have endless to-do lists and it's daunting Not all tasks have the same weight or importance when it comes to contributing to your success. So the main point of this book is what's the one thing that I can do that when I do it, everything else is going to become easier or unnecessary. And I'm going to say it again because this is, for me, that was the aha moment when I read that sentence. What's the one thing that I can do So by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. And I have to pause it for a second just to say that I'm not affiliated with any of the books that I'm going to talk about today. I'm not getting any compensation from the publishing company, from the writers, you know, the authors. This is just, you know, me sharing the things that influenced me as a person a real estate investor and a business owner. So again, but back to the question, what's the one thing that I can do that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. And basically, if you think about it, this question forces you to identify your big goal and it helps you prioritize your short-term goals and break them down to tasks by level of importance. So how do you do it? You basically block time in your calendar and you allocate it only to that one thing. And it takes time to understand what is it the one thing that is actually going to help you make it to the next level, push your business to the next level. And Gary Keller was basically telling how he was telling the story, how when he started Keller Williams, 
he was stuck and he couldn't grow his business for several years. And he paused to think, why is that? And he realized that he was so distracted by so many to-do lists and, you know, tasks. And, you know, when he was, I don't think the email was that popular back then, but you know, when you open, when you think about it, you open your email, this is how most of us real estate investors and business owners, we open, you know, we start our days, we open the, your computer, your Gmail, Hotmail, whatever you're using, and you just stare at 20, 30 new emails. And that's how a lot of people start their day. And I realized that I was doing it wrong. You know, I was starting my day with answering a bunch of emails. I had a huge to-do list that I was following and I went one by one. And for some time, I didn't see any improvement in my business. I didn't see any growth. Everything was kind of stagnant. And then I realized after reading this book that I was doing it wrong. So basically, I wanted to get more deals, but... I was doing so many other things. I wasn't focused on acquisition. And the one thing that I could do, that's when I was just starting out, was actually hiring people to help me review more deals, underwrite more deals so I can close more deals. That was the one thing that made everything else easier. Because when I started Blue Lake, I was speaking with basically with limited partners, with investors. I was looking at deals. I was flying all over the country to walk properties and doing all those things. You know, it was really hard to nail down, you know, one deal after another. And so for me, the answer for the one thing was to hire a team of underwriters to help me get the next deal. And of course, the one thing changes once you fix the problem, once you figure out what is the one thing. Sometimes there are other things that you can focus on and you have multiple one things. But this really, really helped me grow my business tremendously, helped me focus. It also prevent you from getting burned out because you're not spread too thin doing multiple tasks and chores. You focus on one thing. I used to block every morning from 9 a.m. until noon, only working on building my acquisitions team and then doing everything else. And it's really hard. It's really hard to wake up to 25 new emails and not start, you know, erasing those are irrelevant, answering a lot of them and or basically allocating, you know, some of them to other team members to deal with. So that's the main takeaway from the one thing by Gary Keller that I implemented in my business. And it was, for me, it was a tremendous help. The second book I want to talk to you about today is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this book was written by Dale Carnegie. And so this is an amazing book. I really liked it. Basically, you know, this book covers techniques of how to make new friends, how to influence people and business partners, colleagues, et cetera. It's a little bit on the psychology side of things. So if you like those things, it's one of the books that are kind of must-haves. And basically this book is talking about how everyone needs appreciation and, you know, how you need to appreciate people, do it often, give them sincere appreciation, show them how much you care. I know it's kind of sounds corny, but if you think about it, I'm sure almost every person can do a better job at showing more appreciation. You know, not basically the book says, do not criticize ever. Nothing good comes out of it. And, you know, but basically the main thing that I learned from this book is this. 
the only way on earth to influence people, or maybe the best way, not the only way, the best way is to talk about what they want and show them how to get it. So basically the book is saying, is teaching you to find out what other people are interested in and talk about it in terms of their interests. You know, if you were ever in sale, you're familiar with the WIFM, what's in it for me. I used to be in sales many years ago. I hate sales, by the way. And one of the many, many trainings that I've had were kind of centered around WIFM, what's in it for me. So basically, when you're selling anything to anyone, you need to understand from their point of view, what's in it for them? Why would they stop and listen to you? Why would they make you know, reach their, their wallet, you know, and, and give you their credit card. So the WIFM is so strong. And if you think about it, when you go on, on a date, you're selling yourself when, you know, if your business is in the IT service industry, for instance, you're selling something, you are always selling something, even sponsors, they're selling themselves, they're selling their brand, the deals. So that's one thing that I really took from the book. And it, it was a good combination of what I've learned in my past life as a saleswoman way before I went to law school. That was kind of a different life. Basically, understanding that people are interested in, in what they're interested in and you need to tap into that. And I see a lot of salespeople start the whole spiel about the product and the company, which is great, but it's not necessarily interesting to their customers. And so, you know, if you think about it, when you're trying to catch a fish, you don't think about what you want. You think about what the fish wants. And that's, you know, why you have a hook and you're using it to lure the fish and to catch a fish by giving the fish what the fish wants. So for instance, you know, in businesses, I think it's a really important concept to shift the mindset and I talk about you or your company or how great you are in your company. It's how to basically understand what your customer, your investor wants. The way that I use it in my business is, you know, before I speak with an investor, we have on the ellieperlman.com website, we have an investor form. And I ask them a bunch of questions, you know, what's important to you? Is it cash flow? Is it tax benefits, appreciation? How many years of experience do you have investing in real estate? What are your goals? And, you know, I cover those in the call. And I like to hear what investors, you know, what's interesting to them. I rarely start with a kind of a spiel about Blue Lake and the returns and performance because I don't know what they're interested in. And that's why, you know, I spent time reading the investor form. And when I talk to them, I'm trying to understand from them when they're looking at a deal, what's important to them? What's going to make them want to invest in a deal? What they care about when it comes to managing their money and then show them how investing with me is actually beneficial for them in terms of what they're interested in. So that's one thing that I took from the book. The other one is to show genuine interest in people. And I have to admit, when I'm in a social setting, many times people that I meet, they ask me about my life. They ask me about my story, real estate. There are a lot of exciting things when you're running a business. And this book forced me to pause for a second and not just take the spotlight and answer a question and, and enjoy being in the center of attention, but to point out the projector to some extent back on them and show 
genuine interest in them, ask them questions about their lives, ask them questions about what they care about, you know, their career path, anything, you know, else, even if they're truly interested in hearing about you, that's very powerful to really show interest in other people. So I'm a people's person. I think you can see that or hear if you're listening, you know, by the sound of my voice, but it was really, I think, interesting to me to understand that, you know, truly showing a true and genuine interest in people is a way to people's hearts. And I try to implement it, you know, whenever I can. The third thing that I learned from this great book is that whenever you're wrong, admit it right away, because mainly it diffuses the other side's anger, frustration, criticism, you know, when and I, I'm also trying to implement it in my personal life, not only in my professional life, but when there's, you know, if I made a mistake and I recognize it, I apologize. There's no, you know, ego is kind of a destructive force in my opinion. I try not to have ego intervene in anything that I do in my personal or my professional life. And so, and you try it when someone is really angry and you say, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry. You'll see how in many cases, their anger level, their frustration all goes down and they're more receptive to accept, you know, your apology and move past it instead of, you know, kind of stay away with it and let it linger and let it destroy relationships later on. So this is another great insight that I've learned from the book and I've been implementing that and still working on implementing it. It's not that easy, but I'm still working on implementing it. So that's it for the second book. Now, the third book, that's actually one of my favorite and it's called Mindset, The Psychology of Success. And it was written by Carol Dweck. It's a really, really interesting book. I think when I read it, I realized a lot of things about myself that I wasn't, I didn't know that I was doing those things. And now I had a name to it. So basically, the author, Carol, she's saying that the world is divided into two types of people. You have people with a fixed mindset and those with growth mindset. So fixed mindset people, people who believe that you cannot change, they see failures and, you know, they think that everyone is born with a certain set of skills, intelligent, and you cannot change that. People with fixed mindset, they're afraid to make mistakes, they always feel that they need to prove themselves. And, you know, they see failures as a negative thing. On the other hand, you have growth mindset people, people who believe in their abilities to do something amazing, who they're not afraid of challenges or failures, they embrace them and they don't see a failure as a negative experience. They don't let it define them, but they see it as a challenge, as something that they went through. They've been through something and now they're smarter, stronger, you know, more experienced. That's how they perceive a failure as something that is not necessarily negative, but something that build them to be better people. So the book is basically saying that it's the dichotomy is not that, you know, solid. So some people, yes, they're more, they have more growth mindset in general than others, but sometimes, you know, many people have some aspects of their personality that is kind of under fixed mindset. And the other part is that, you know, they have this growth mindset. Now, the interesting thing is that, you know, the book describes the journey to a growth mindset. And they said, first and foremost, embrace your fixed mindset, acknowledge it. And, you know, like I said before, 
you probably have some aspects of your life that you have a fixed mindset. If not, kudos to you. You're an amazing person. But if you do embrace it first and foremost, and the second step is to be aware of it and be aware of what triggers it. So when you're going through a certain experience and all of a sudden you feel that, you know, you reflect on it and you understand you're in a fixed mindset, then try and understand what triggers your fixed mindset experience? Is it the failure? Is it criticism? Is it deadlines, disagreements? Just understand what triggers it. And then, you know, give it a name, give this persona a name. And so if you're going through a challenge and, you know, you feel a voice in your head that says, maybe you don't have what it takes, Maybe you should give up. You know, it's not worth it. Then try to understand, okay, what just triggered that fixed mindset? Now think about when the fixed mindset comes to you, what your fixed mindset is telling you and how did it make you feel and how it affected those around you. And then give your fixed mindset a persona or a name. That's the third step. Now, the final step. So basically after you embrace your fixed mindset, you understand what triggers it and you give, you know, your mindset persona a name. Then the last step is to educate your persona, take it on a journey with you. So when you're on the verge of stepping out of your comfort zone, just get ready to greet your fixed mindset persona when it shows up and it warns you that you cannot do something. You have to stop. You're going to fail. So, you know, be grateful Thank you for being there. Be grateful for the input, but tell them why you actually want to proceed with what you're doing and why, you know, you're not going to fail and this is not going to happen. So fixed mindset is not necessarily a bad thing. I think many times it's it was created to protect you and keep you safe from failures who are, again, being perceived negatively. But educate your persona, your fixed mindset persona, educated with, you know, new mindset ways of how he or she, whatever your persona, your fixed mindset persona is, how he or she can support you, you know, taking on challenges and sticking with them and bouncing back from failures and not letting it drag you down. So when you understand your persona's point of view, that it basically emerges to protect you. You can teach it and, you know, kind of embrace it and teach it how not to take you down. I know it's, it might sound a little bit, you know, it's, it's psychology. It sounds maybe not that it's not, you know, hard science, but I found it to be very, very interesting after reading this book and understanding the dichotomy between fixed mindset and growth mindset, I realized that in many places in my life, I had a growth mindset. I wasn't afraid of failure because I thought, okay, if I failed, at least I'm going to be really good at what I was failing at because now I know what to expect. But I also recognized that I did have some fixed mindsets in some areas more in my, I think, personal life. I think in my business life, my persona is more of a growth mindset. So does my personal life, but I had some areas where I still have fixed mindset, for instance, and it's going to get a little personal. I, after coming here six years ago to the States from Israel, I spent two years in Cambridge, very difficult years because the weather was very unforgiving. And then I, from there, moved to California and lived there for a fantastic, amazing 
six years or five years, actually five years. And so now my husband and I moved to Rhode Island for, you know, because his family is here and his family's business is here. It's been a very, very hard transition, you know, for me. I miss California. I want to be back there, but I also know that there are good reasons why we're here. And I'm still struggling with my fixed mindset who tells me that, you know, I can be only happy in California. California is the place for me. And I know I'm going to be back there at some point. I hope so. But it's been a very, very hard transition for me, harder than I actually thought. And part of it is, you know, dealing with my fixed mindset around where is the ideal place for me to live. So this is a journey that I'm going through to bring back, you know, to acknowledge my fixed mindset, to bring back my growth mindset, which is, I would say, 90% of my life. And that's something that I'm taking from the book and trying to improve it and make it better, you know, for me and for those around me. That's it for today. These are the three books that greatly influenced me this year. You know, the one thing by Gary Keller, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And then lastly, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Really great books. You know, I like to summarize those books so I can review my summaries over and over because let's face it, when you read a book, it could be an amazing book, but then Many times you forget what you've read. And so I like to, the nerd that I am, I like to summarize them and review them every once in a while to remind myself the great lessons that, you know, I've learned when I first read the book. So that's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, keep pushing forward, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.